Nine Boys Golf Show. All about golf, from putting to driving, from hooks to whatever. Now, here's your host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, Rich Styles. And a good golf morning to you. Welcome to the show. The Back Nine Boys Golf Show is brought to you by Mizuno Golf, Reach Beyond, by Club Car, the leader in sport utility and personal vehicles, by RSM, proud sponsor of the RSM Classic, giving back to our community, by Bridgestone Golf, get fitted for your tourby ball today, and by the club at Sea Palms. On the show, we're going to talk with NBC announcer and former caddy for Matt Kuchar, John Wood, about the big January 6th announcement by the PGA Tour and Live, and maybe what he's heard from some of the players and what they've been saying about the proposed agreement that's not been approved as yet. Then we'll talk with PGA Tour pro Michael Thompson about his status of his game so far this season as we head into the summer and the FedEx Cup playoffs, which come up next month. And then we'll talk with Jeff Eggs of the Georgia Golf Association about their big amateur tournaments on the agenda, one of which is going on this weekend, and we've got Jeff with us on the phone. Good morning, Jeff, and welcome back to the Back Nine Boys Golf Podcast. Hey, good morning, Rich. It's great to be here uh, with you. Thank you for having me again. I'm excited to talk about what we've got going on this weekend and coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, you've got a lot going on. you got the 94th Georgia Women's Amateur Championship going on this weekend at Horseshoe Bend Country Club in Roswell. Tell us, there's some interesting stories going on there. There, there are. Uh, we have a tremendous field for the 94th Georgia Women's Amateur. We're at Horseshoe Bend Country Club in Roswell, like you said. Um, we have 84 of the best players in Georgia. Some interesting facts about the championship this year. Our youngest player, we have two players that are 11 years old, and we did put a handicap wow. index, uh, maximum on this uh, this year. So all the players are under a 10.0 maximum handicap, but in reality, probably about two-thirds of the field are, are scratch or better players. So we've oh. got two players that are 11 years old. The oldest player in the field is Debbie Blunt. She's, she probably don't, doesn't want me uh, telling her age on, on the radio, but she's <laughs> five, and she currently plays college golf at Reinhardt. So she, uh, she went back to college and still had eligibility to play, and uh, she's got her, her senior year coming up and her final year of eligibility. So a couple of fun facts there. We've got our 2020 uh, champion, Sarah M., in the field. Sarah won the U.S. Women's Amateur Four Ball uh, in 2022. She's going to be starting at Vanderbilt in the fall. And uh, one last little fun fact, uh, really proud of how the game of the women's game has grown in Georgia. As it stands right now, over the last couple of years, Georgia's uh, women's amateur ranks as the fourth strongest field of any of the state and regional golf associations in the country. We're only behind uh, Southern California, Florida, and Texas, who are all much bigger than us. So it really speaks to the quality and the skill of the players, uh, these women players here in Georgia. So... Uh, today's the second round. It's a 54-hole championship, and look forward to uh, handing, it out, handing out some hardware tomorrow afternoon. I mean, some obviously big stories. I mean, two 11-year-olds, what are their handicaps? Uh, I know one of them was a plus 4.4, wow. and the other one I think was a plus 3. I mean, it's just incredible. Um, just unbelievable players and skill these days in the women's game. You know, they start playing in our, in our junior yeah, and and navigate up the ladder, and now they're playing in state championships and competing at the the highest level in the amateur game. It's it's just so impressive, and 
whenever I have an opportunity to, we had a little player welcome party on, on Thursday night before round one yesterday. And always like to say, you know, just thank you uh, to these kids and thank you to the parents. Um, right. Because without their support and right. investing a lot of time and a lot of money in, in their kids and playing a game that they really enjoy, it wouldn't be possible for them. So I tell the kids to thank their parents, too, because that's really important as well. Yeah, you bet. And uh, obviously the other big story is uh, Debbie Blunt, who is blank years old but currently plays at uh, Reinhardt, and she's going into her senior year. Do you have any idea what made her go back to college and realize she had eligibility left? I think she knew all along. She uh, she was a ski instructor for in Colorado for uh, she was split time between Atlanta and Colorado for the majority wow. of her her life, and uh, she was a ski instructor. And it was just something that she always wanted to do. I guess she never got her her degree back in the day. And um, I've had some great conversations with her. She's mm. a tremendous personality. Um, she's a great player. I mean, she is someone that. All, even though she's older than everybody else and could be, you know, a mother <laughs> or or a grandmother, even yeah, maybe to yeah. the people on her her team, they all look up to her, and she is a barrel of fun. I mean, she's so funny and so charismatic and energetic. Uh, I mean, it's just like she's one of the she is, she is she's one of the girls on the team. Yeah, that is that is really really a cool story. Well, coming up middle of the month. You've got the uh, Rivermont Golf Club uh, for the 102nd Georgia Amateur Championship, and you talk about talent with the women. You've got a lot of talent going on here coming up, too. Oh, my goodness. It is unbelievable, Rich. Um, this year we set a record number of entries. We had 943 players wow. sign up to try and qualify for this championship. We'll wind up with uh, we do now have a full field of 144. We had a last-chance qualifier earlier this week where we handed out the last eight spots. But, uh, yeah, we eclipsed the record we sent uh, back in 2021 when we were at Cherokee Town & Country Club for the 100th Georgia Amateur. So it, the, the amateur game is just so strong. You know, we things were trending down for a few years, and then COVID hit, and it's just been absolutely booming ever since. And uh, it's been great for not only for the players, it's been great for the Georgia State Golf Association as well. Yeah, and I was reading in the GSGA magazine that you said Rivermount just does not let up. So I mean, it just keeps coming at you. Well, you know, I'm a I'm a 15 handicap rich, so it never never lets up for me. I'm a, <laughs> I'm guessing that for these 144 players that uh, are all the best of the best in the state of Georgia, that they're going to do pretty well. But uh, it is a very challenging golf course. Uh, it's uh, challenging from the tee. The greens are immaculate, uh, a lot of undulation in them, a lot of speed in them, a lot of subtleties in them. So practice rounds are going to be really important. Local knowledge is going to be very important. There's a lot of their members that have qualified hmm. uh, for the championship. And, um, yeah, we're, we're just really looking forward to it. We've got nine past champions in the field, ranging from – Lewis Brown, who won it back in 1985, wow. all the way up to William Love, who won last year at the Landings Club in Savannah. Wow. I mean, great field. Uh, and 943 entries. And what happened? How did they get down to the 144? Was it you had to qualify, obviously. What were the qualifying scores? 
Sure. We had a, we had a, there was a number of exemptions, so uh, we have a number of different exemption categories, but the majority of the field is really filled through statewide qualifying. Okay. We held 12, 12 regional qualifiers around the state of Georgia throughout the month of June. And, uh, wow, in looking at the scores, um, I can tell you I've been doing this for, this is my 20th year with GSGA. Wow. And uh, back in the day, I think you could qualify for the state and by, by sh- posting a, you know, 75, 76. And I can tell you over the last couple years, um, it's really, it's dropped like a hammer. Um, you pretty much have to shoot even par or better. Uh, we had some qualifying sites where under par uh, had you in a playoff to try and qualify for, for one of the last spots. So wow, the, quali- the quality of play is just absolutely off the charts. It's, uh, it's really impressive. Yeah, it seems like it's gone off the charts the last two to three years. I mean, these young kids coming up and uh, just improving their games, their length, their strength. I mean, it's just, it's just incredible. And I also read that the owner, uh, George Cupid, also said good players should shoot good scores even though, as you said, it's a tough golf course and it won't let up. It's uh, it's very tough. Uh, you know, Chris Cupid, the owner and general manager, he's uh, he's been a longtime GSGA volunteer as well. Uh, this is Rivermont's 50th birthday. Wow. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, we're going to test uh, we're going to test every facet of the player's game. They're going to have to be driving the ball well. They're going to have to strategically navigate their way around the golf course. We're going to make them we're going to make them think through it. Um, it's not going to be just a, a bomber's paradise where you get up and bomb it and, you know, have a wedge every time. Uh, we're going to have the player. We're going to move around some tees. We're actually even going to change par from uh, the first two rounds to the weekend. So we've got a lot of fun things in store. We're going to challenge the players. But, you know, like you said, and like I said, these players are so good, and the yeah. cream of the crop will definitely definitely rise to the top, and there will be some good scores out there in the end, I'm imagining. Well, Big couple of weeks, big month for y'all. Uh, thanks, Jeff, for being with us. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Sure thing. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it. Uh, everyone can follow along the scores, both with the, the women's AM and the men's AM at gsga.org. And uh, thank you again so much for having me. Always a pleasure. Jeff Fags of the GSGA talking about the two amateurs, the women's going on this weekend. A couple of weeks we got the Georgia amateur going on. Uh, and uh, just some unbelievable talent that's out there. Uh, and it keeps getting younger and younger and younger. Speaking of improving your game, you might want to try out the new Mizuno 923-925s. They offer feel and performance to suit your level of player, all level of skills. The new driver is incredible, uh, has maximum adjustability with a combination of three tracks and two movable weights. Uh, You can complete your bag with their brand-new T22 wedges and uh, check out their putters, their new bags, Just check out everything at MizunoGolf.com. Mizuno, reach beyond. This is Tom Hemmings. I'm a personal trainer at the Golf Performance Center at Sea Island, Georgia, and you're listening to Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. Our next guest is a St. Simons resident, works out with Tom, and has played in 15 tournaments so far this season, making about eight cuts. Uh, Michael and I talked about how he feels about where his game is right now my ball striking uh, a lot this year my putting's been pretty good um, and I've had some decent rounds and decent stretches of golf I just haven't been really consistent throughout one whole week and week to week 
Um, and so just always thinking about how, how I can get better, how I can kind of correct what I'm doing wrong, try to figure out what I'm doing wrong. And um, uh, I think I stumbled on something last week uh, with regards to my grip and kind of how I released the club through impact and um, produced some really good golf on the weekend last week. And, um, you know, it's I'm maintaining it this week through practice. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, the Valero Open, uh, Valero Texas Open next week. So when you're on the road, you communicate with your coach, I'm sure, about how things are going. You two talk, you, you do FaceTime and everything else. Um, how hard is it to adjust when you're on the road talking with your coach? Um, the, the biggest difference is that he's just not there to, to put his eyes on every single shot, right? right. See, it's, right. It's, I'm trying to relay through words what's happening. Um, and then based on our relationship, he's able to interpret that and kind of figure out what I'm doing. And, and based on prior experience watching me hit balls, kind of knowing my tendencies, he can then give me some guidance in terms of what direction to go uh, in terms of making a, a correction. Um, and so that's the difficult part is, is just how clearly I can communicate to him what I'm going through and then his interpretation and, and, you know, really just us brainstorming on, okay, let's try this or let's try that. Right. Um, and, uh, um, so, but other than that, like I, I'm a, I'm a player. I don't need a lot of help when I'm on the road. Um, I kind of like to figure things out for myself and like to put in, just put in the work. And I kind of tell myself that over time, if I, if I show up every day and, and have, um, purposeful practice that eventually I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, and, uh, the end goal is just to be the best that I can be. It's, it's, uh, the, the hardest part about playing professional golf is you tend to con compare yourself to everybody else. And in reality, everybody's at their own place within their, their professional golf career. And, and, uh, you know, if one guy might be on top, one guy might be at the bottom of, of, his potential and so it's it's really irrelevant to compare yourself to other players it's just how good am i compared to myself last year right and right. um and so that keeping that in mind that's uh that's uh how you um evaluate yourself so when you're out in the pga tour you're basically not trying to worry about the guy or the guys that you're playing with you're just trying to play Michael Thompson golf on whatever course that particularly is. Right. It's just trying to trying to uh, play the golf course to the best of my ability. You know, take advantage of the holes that I can take advantage of. Uh, play smart where I need to play smart. Um, you know, there's there's going to be par fours and par fives that that I'm not going to be able to 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 take advantage of as as well as somebody else you know right. maybe if somebody hits it further or somebody has better wedge play or whatever um uh you know i'm typically a better long iron player so i actually play some of the longer par fours really well because i hit those greens versus somebody else who maybe hits it further but hits it a little bit offline they're gonna you know tend to struggle or um you know some people create the stigma oh this is a hard hole so you know they put more pressure on themselves and they end up playing it poorly right um i like to just think of every hole as as an opportunity and you just you hit the shot that the shot demands that's that's kind of the way i approach the game and um knowing 
your own game really helps with with those decision uh, decisions that you make on the golf course. Is there more pressure on you to make the playoffs this year since they've now changed the numbers that are going to go into the playoffs from 70 to 50 to 30? Does that put more pressure on you? Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't say it puts more pressure. It just it just makes it more difficult because getting to that top 70 number, uh, it's a lot more points than in the past. Um, uh, however, that being said, for those guys who don't get in, <laughs> you still have seven tournaments in the fall to, to keep your card, right? So um, there are plenty of playing opportunities to play well. Um, and I like a lot of those golf courses in the fall, and I like a lot of the golf courses leading up to the playoffs. Um, so in reality, you just need to get on a, get on a run, uh, play good for a month, month and a half, and, and you'll make that top 70. And if you make that, that first FedEx Cup event, then you have an opportunity to make the top 50, which gets you into all the designated events next year. So um, I try to look at it uh, as every week is an opportunity. And I like to tell myself there's always another hole, there's always another, another round, there's always another tournament, right? That, that kind of keeps me moving forward versus feeling like this is my last chance. Um, and I've been on tour now 13 years, so I'm I, I I have a better perspective of what's really important and what what matters. Um, and uh, I've played enough tournaments now that one tournament doesn't mean more to me than another. Um, so I think that helps with uh, with the way I think about my game. When you're playing, you're going through a good streak. It's it's easy to feel good about you and about your game. When you're going through a rough streak, uh, how motivated do you have to get yourself up to keep going? Uh, that's the hardest thing in professional golf. I'll bet. Uh, I'll bet. I think in any professional sport is when you're going through a slump or, or you're not playing your best that you know you can. Uh, I mean, I, I've been playing golf long enough. I've hit perfect golf shots with every single club in my back. So I know I can do it. Um, but when you are struggling and, and the ball's not going where you're, where you're looking, you're not posting the scores, or even if you're hitting the ball well and you're not making the putts, like it's, you're not taking advantage of, of how well you're playing. Um, it's super frustrating. Um, and it's really, really, really hard to stay motivated to keep going. Um, and I've had, I've had stretches in the last five years where I've gotten to points where um, I I'm, I'm, feel like I'm playing decent golf and just not getting anything out of it or I'm playing really poorly and I come home and the last thing I want to do is practice. Right. right I mean, right. the last thing I want to want to see is a golf course. Um, and so that's where it's, it's been good for me to have something other than golf. I like to get into my, my garage and work on my classic cars um, and fix things around the house and, and with those vehicles. And that gets my mind off the game, makes me feel productive. <laughs> Feels like I'm actually doing something. Right. Um, and, and then eventually I, I find the motivation to, okay, let's go figure this out. Let's go hit balls. And sometimes I show up at the golf course and I don't have a plan. I just am, grab two buckets of balls and I'm just going to hit balls until I figure something out. Okay. And I rack my brain, all the different feels that I've had over the years and all the different swing thoughts and all, all the different, um, mechanics of the golf swing, trying to figure out what, what I can do in order to hit the ball better. Um, and so it, it's an ebb and a flow, you know, right. throughout the year. So when you're in that kind of a situation, do you have the thoughts of, well, maybe if I play another week or maybe play two weeks, I'll figure something out? 
or now it's time to take a break? Yeah, sometimes. I think that that's just listening to kind of how your body feels, how you mentally right. Right. Uh, you feel. You know, PGA Tour golf, I described to everybody, is, is it's a giant cocktail party uh, when you're on the driving range. Um, and uh, when you're in a tournament, it's, it's intense pressure, right, because every shot matters. Um, making bogeys and especially doubles really hurts you. Um, and so you're doing everything you can to eliminate the mistakes and also take advantage of the opportunities you have when you have a wedge in your hand, right? Making birdie every single time that, right. that you have a wedge in your hand. Um, and so there's just a lot more pressure than there is going out playing weekend golf with your buddies. Um, there's thousands of people watching you, which adds pressure, right? Um, so it, it mentally fries you after, you know, so many weeks at a time. Um, however, um, I, I have found that as I get older, the more I play, the, the, the more um, I kind of figure things out, right? So I spend less time practicing as I do playing. Uh, playing gives you an opportunity to, to hit shots under pressure and, and to, right. to test your skills, right? Um, and kind of guides you uh, towards what you need to work on. Um, and uh, so playing more has become more important to me. Um, and, uh, you know, again, you just have to listen to kind of how your body feels. All right. The elephant in the room is USGA makes the announcement on the golf ball. Um, a lot of interesting comments, some more harsh than others. Uh, some folks have kind of changed their mind, don't think it's such a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, what are your thoughts about what the USGA has proposed? So I think if they um, go through with it, I think it's a massive advantage for the longer hitters. Um, it's going to eliminate some of the shorter hitters, and I'm in that category of shorter hitters. Um, I'm trying to gain every mile an hour I possibly can, as everybody on tour is. Um, but uh, the, the one thing that I really don't like is uh, it creates a separation between amateur golf and professional golf. Right. Um, and one of the beauties of our sport is that amateurs can play the same game that, that pros can. Um, albeit they play for different tees or they have different shafts in their, in their woods, but they can go out and buy the same equipment that we use. Right. And I think that's, that's amazing because that, that, that allows fans uh, to relate to what the pros do and really be amazed at what they can do with the same equipment. Um, uh, so having two different balls for pros versus amateurs, to me, detracts from, from the uh, interest in the sport, you know. Um, and uh, I always go back to professional golf is an an entertainment industry, right? So uh, it's all about creating interesting stories and entertainment, close competition, right? That's how you draw more people in. Right. And when you start to separate uh, the equipment that we use, that, that to me, over time, that is going to detract from the interest in the, in the sport because now we're, we're doing something that nobody else can do. Um, and so if, if, if it were me and, and distance is an issue, I think two, two things that we could do is we either make the drivers smaller, right, to, to increase the importance on uh, ball striking 
uh, you know, smaller um, sweet spot, so mm -hmm. to speak. I mean, a lot of guys nowadays, the, the sweet spot is high off the toe, right? It's not the center of the club face. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, if you do miss hit, not hit the center, the, the ball's not going to go offline very much versus if you have a smaller driver head, it uh, it's, if you miss hit it, it's going to go further offline. Right? Right, right. And then the other thing too is golf course design and improvements have only, uh, gone down the path of increasing distance, right? Right. Increasing length of golf courses. Right. To me, that only encourages guys to hit it further. Sure. Um, and the thing that makes the PGA tour special, uh, or different from every other professional, um, golf, uh, organization right so or different levels is that the pga tour in order to play out there you have to be precise right accuracy is is huge and over the last seven eight years there's been a trend of increasing widths of of fairways uh less rough uh which promotes less accuracy more distance and i and i get it distance is exciting and it's fun to watch right um however if you have a tour full of just long drive competitors, um, the skill of the game gets lost uh, because length to me, a big part of length is just pure raw natural talent um, and, and just the way God designed your body to be, right? Right. Um, I don't move as fast as Roy McIlroy just because my body can't. It's not, I don't have the muscle structure to, to do that. Um, but I'm still good enough to play on the PJ Tour because I'm accurate. Right. Uh, and I'm a good putter. You have another skill. I have right. another skill. Right. right. Um, and so, and again, going back to the, the comment I made that, that we are an entertainment industry and it's all about competition and, and close competition. People love the underdog. They love the little guy. Oh, yeah. Right. The Bob May against Tiger Woods at the PGA Championship. I mean, that's exciting television. Sure. Um, and so that is what we need to um, try to pursue, in my opinion. Yeah, the thing that amazes me is that the USGA is trying to have a golf ball made by the ball manufacturers who have been going through R&D for years and years and years, and now they want them to make a ball that doesn't go as far that the general public can't buy. That doesn't make any sense, right? Um, it's... Uh, Again, it's the beauty of our sport is that amateurs can use the same equipment that the pros use, right. and they can play the same golf courses that the pros play. Right. You can't do that in any other sport. Like there, there's no pro am in NFL, right? There's amateurs can't play with NFL players. Right. They die. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I wouldn't want uh, to. That is Michael Thompson, a great guy. Uh, just matter of fact and uh, right up front, and uh, doesn't believe that uh, the change in the golf ball is going to matter, but. A lot of other changes going on. We heard about those on January 6th. And after the break, we're going to talk with NBC announcer, former caddy with Matt Kuchar, uh, John Wood, about some of those and what he's been hearing as he's been out on the tour. But what you're hearing is that CJ's on Mallory Street is the island's oldest Italian eatery. Maybe that's because those who have gone there know it's got one-of-a-kind taste. Nothing else will compare. Thin crust and their signature deep dish crust made daily by hand. Also, their hoagies, their meatballs, everything's made by hand, made fresh every day. Check out everything you can. They open up at 4.30. Uh, they will deliver through DoorDash. 
Just call in your order and they will deliver it to you, or you can call in and pick it up at the location across from Mallory Street, right from Parker's on St. Simons Island. CJ's Italian Restaurant.com. Hi, this is Phil Kenyon, director of putting at Sea Island Golf Club, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Show. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles, and all the way from the West Coast, our next guest is John Wood. Morning, John. How you doing? Good morning, Rich. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. All right, before we start on all this live PGA Tour stuff, i got to ask you, what is going on with Justin Thomas? He seems to have lost his confidence in almost all aspects of his game. It's a great question. It's a testament to how fickle this game can be. Yeah. Uh, you know, you watch that guy play, and um, you just think there's no weaknesses there. His, his short game's always been good. His putting's been solid. He's one of the great hitters. Um, but you know, uh, no one, like we said, no one ever owns this game. You borrow it every once in a while, yeah. and it's nice when you have it. But um, it, it can happen to anyone. And um, he's too talented. He works too hard uh, for it to be a continued you know, downturn. I think he's going to turn around and get out of this slump pretty soon. Um, it's, you know, golf is just, you, you wake up one day and all of a sudden it's back. So, um, I think that's going to happen for Justin. I don't know when or where, but, um, I, I just watch him work and I know he's working on all the right things. He's a hard worker. Um, he wants it really badly. So, um, it, it's just, it's the nature of the game. That's all yeah, I could say. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got the other side of the coin where Ricky Fowler, who has been in that stage for a while, now it seems like he's coming out of it. Boy, he sure, sure, sure was the popular favorite the last couple of weeks. I know. He's such a – I mean, the great thing about Ricky is through all that slump, and he went through a pretty long one, yeah, a couple did. of years, yeah. he did not change one bit. He was the same person all the time, signing autographs until the end of the night. Yep just a great, great guy. And I think he had, I think he always has a lot of trust in his game that, yeah, it's gone right now. It's gone. That's golf. It'll be, it will be back. Yeah. Um, and he's done all the right words. And the other thing he did, I thought that was really smart was just go back to Butch and yeah. whether Butch told him something technical or just said, you know, get out of your head. You're a great golfer. And Butch is like the golf whisperer. He tells you you're a great golfer, and you believe you're a great golfer. So <laughs> it's pretty, uh, it's pretty amazing what Butch, Butch can do to somebody. Yeah, well, it's a, it's, it's a pleasant turnaround to see, and it's frustrating to see JT. But you know, as you say, golf is golf, and you come out of it. You just don't know when. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's talk about when January sixth, the big announcement. Were you as surprised as everybody else was? honestly rich i thought i was dreaming yeah i was i was i was asleep in bed obviously on the west coast i'm a little earlier but um i woke up and i thought that was a weird dream i just had because i think i had overheard it on the uh, something playing in the background or yeah. something and then i got up and saw it actually happened and i just was just as shocked as i've ever been yeah. about anything in my life i just nobody saw it coming um, I still don't think anybody knows a lot of the details or how it's going to be worked out, if yeah. it's going to be worked out, yeah. but uh, totally caught me by surprise and floored me. What have you heard from some of the players? I, I know it's not approved. It is a, um, it's, it's in a work in progress, so to speak, um, and it's going to go to the DOJ. They're going to take a look at it. That may take a while. What have you heard from some of the players uh, about what they really don't know, but that they've just heard what, 
we've heard. Yeah, I, I think um, what most of the players that, uh, that that stayed and were loyal to the PGA Tour, I think the, some of the bigger names are, are concerned with how what what the avenue is back for the guys who left to come back. They can't just be allowed to come back right. and be welcomed um, because those guys who stayed and were loyal to the tour turned down huge amounts of money. Yeah, um, and it just wouldn't be right for those guys just to be welcomed back now. Does that take on some sort of a, a a longer suspension for those guys for another year? Does it, uh, you know, we don't know if if um, the the PIF is is going to now pay those guys who were loyal to the PGA Tour just to come out on the on the positive side of this and, and not be against it anymore. I don't think we have any idea, but those are the the biggest concerns. I think um, a are, are the guys who stay loyal are going to be compensated in some way. And B, what is the avenue back for those guys? And uh, to your first point about being compensated, how much is enough? I mean, you know, I agree. Every, yeah, I mean, everybody's going to have a different number. And if you give them a half a million dollars, which is nothing to the PIF, but you give them half a million dollars or a half a billion dollars, I mean, it's <laughs> it's 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 not going to make a difference to the PIF, but it obviously could be generational money to these guys that stayed with the tour. Yeah, certainly, certainly can. And uh, it's it like I said, I'm like everybody else. I, I don't have any inside information. Um, I think everybody's just waiting and see. And there's so many moving parts to this thing yeah, yeah. that uh, we don't we don't know how it's going to happen. We don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, it's been announced, but like you said, uh, the DOJ is involved now, and um, who nobody knows a thing. Yeah. And in your position, you're right there with the players. I mean, you've, you've got their ear. They'll talk to you. They're not going to, you know, back away. And I'm sure there's a lot of questions that you would like to ask just to get their opinion. Um, and, and, and it's hard to not ask those questions that are right out there. It's the elephant in the room. It certainly is. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of look at it as just me personally. I feel like that's more... Uh, Brandel Chambly territory, if you if you like, um, I'm there to talk about the golf, and I don't want to interrupt the U.S. Open, you know, like we were at LACC, right. uh, by by confusing those guys or asking those guys or or making their mind wander to something they shouldn't be thinking about. Yeah, um, I'm I'm very attuned to what they're working on, um, and know how much energy it takes to focus on winning a golf tournament. I don't feel like it's my place to to pull them out of that in any way. So if they want to talk about it and they bring it to me, great. But I, 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 don't, I just don't feel it's my place to bring it up to them. Yeah, I like the way McElroy handled the uh, press conference at the RBC a couple of weeks ago in Canada when he said, it's a shame this is coming up because it takes away from the sponsor who's been a great sponsor to us for many years. And we're here at the RBC tournament. We're talking about not the RBC tournament. Yeah, you'll not find a bigger fan of Roy McIlroy than me. I yeah. think he just handles everything so well. He's honest. He doesn't speak in you know the the, the cliches. Um, he tells what tells you what's on his mind, like it or not. And um, I just think he's such a refreshing, thoughtful. You know, he's a he's a worldly thinker. He's not so insulated in his own little world. He really thinks about yeah. everything. And, and um, I, 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 I totally agree with him on that point. Yeah, and I've read some stories, and, you know, not everything on the Internet, uh, despite what Al Gore said, is, 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 <laughs> is, is believable. But it, 
it did say that he felt like a sacrificial lamb, so to speak, because he was, he was out there in the forefront. Um, and all of a sudden, this thing comes up, and it's like, whoa, it's like a door got slammed in your face. Yeah, I felt exactly the same. I mean, he, like you said, he was out front uh, leading the charge yeah. to for, for guys to stay loyal to the PGA Tour. Um, and for him not to know anything about it, for, for that to just to come up out of nowhere and say, okay, everything we've said we're going back on, uh, it had to, had to be a, a, a gut punch to him. Yeah, and Tiger... I mean, everybody said we haven't heard a thing from Tiger. We probably won't. Um, I'm sure Tiger's letting Rory do all that right now, but Tiger's been very quiet. He has, yeah, and, and I think rightly so. I think, um, you know, I, what is there to comment on that's 100% written in stone factual? Nobody knows. I no. mean, it's uh, so, so why speculate on something that uh, is so far from being completed and finished that – um, you know, Tigers as, as sharp as they come, and, and there's no reason for him to say anything. I'm sure if he had a, an opinion or something to say, I think uh, he would he would be out there with it. But yeah, uh, he just nobody knows. Yep. And no, now the big story is Patrick Cantley is trying to get everybody not to approve it. Um, allegedly, I mean, again, I mean, <laughs> right? It's it's. Uh, I hate to say it, it could be fake news, but. You know, let's just get over this. Let's wait and see what happens. Let's let the guys play golf. Let them go through their life. Let live be live and let the PGA Tour carry on. I'm with you. I mean, I couldn't be more in the same uh, camp as you are when it comes to that. Um, I was Like I said, at LACC at the U.S. Open a couple of weeks ago, it just I, – I, I just um, – Anybody who who was talking about it, I said, "Why are we talking about this? This right. is the United States Open at a great golf course. Why this is this is stuff for next week or you know the the nightly shows. It's not stuff for us to talk about." So I, I couldn't be more in your camp. Yeah, and you know it's as you say, there's so many moving parts. There's a for-profit part of it. There's a not-for-profit part of it on the PGA Tour. There's the stories that. Uh, PIF will put in billions into the PGA Tour for whatever to be distributed or just to, you know, put in their their bank, whatever. I mean, there's just so many stories and so many different ways that this was go. It, it, it just it just gets too confusing. Yeah, I kind of I'm kind of treating it like I used to when I when I played golf in the gambling game and we get those really complicated gambling games and I just say, I'm just going to play. You let me know how much I owe you at the end. So <laughs> that's kind of where I am with all this. So maybe PIF will say that too and say, just tell us how much we need to compensate you. in the Yeah. End. Just, <laughs> just play golf. And uh, it, no matter what happens, the better you play, the more you make is what yeah, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just concentrate on your golf. Yeah. Why get involved even. Well, I want to talk to you about the elevated tournaments and this uh, TGW uh, elevated fields that are coming up, but we've got to take a quick break. We'll be back with John Wood, NBC announcer, right after this on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. This is Mark Love with Love Golf Design, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. Uh, we're on the phone with uh, John Wood from California. Uh, John, we've been talking about this live stuff, but we've also got to talk about what's coming up in the future for the PGA Tour with the elevated events, which we've seen some incredible purses for that. Um, and now we've got this Tiger Woods, Roy McIlroy group of a few select players. Uh, do you think that's going to 
gel with the other players who may not be able to get into that? Or do you think it's going to create more tension? I don't think it's going to create more tension. I think it's going to be a fun. I mean, this is totally entertainment-based. This is not uh, um, anything to compete with the PGA Tour or the majors or anything like that. It is going to be nightly entertainment, and I think it's a brilliant idea. And, um, you know, in the last 30 years, even more than that, uh, I don't know that Tiger's ever attached his name to something that, that didn't work out well for golf. So I think it's going to be something completely new, refreshing, fun. I think we're going to get to know the players really, really well on this because it's just going to be, you know, you're, you're right there the entire time hearing them talk. Um, I, I think it's going to be a blast. And uh, like I said, I think it's going to be a refreshing, fun thing to watch. And if you want to play in the elevated events, uh, many people have just said just play better if you want to that get in. Th- that has been the solution since I've been out here as a caddy and now an announcer since day one. That seems to be the, the solution to everything. Yep. Play better. All right. How do you think the January 6th announcement affected the players and the relationship with their commissioner, Jay Monahan? That's a great question. I think a lot of guys were so shocked by it um, just because of what had come out um, from day one of live up, yeah. up until that point. Um, it, everything was against live. Uh, and and um, I think, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Jay Monahan. I think he, I respect the guy so much. I think he works so hard. Um, I think maybe the one mistake the tour made, if this was a possibility, if the merger or whatever you want to call it was a possibility, I think arguing the moral points of it, which they did, was a mistake mm-hmm. because it almost sounds like, yeah, uh, our morals up to a certain point, but now that they're paying us this much, it doesn't matter anymore. Right. Right. So that, that's the mistake I think they made. I argue the morals of it as well um, from my, per- just my personal beliefs. But um, I think that's um, it's a bit hypocrite. It was a bit hypocritical to all of a sudden say, okay, uh, now we're with them uh, just yeah. because of, whatever reason it was. So uh, that's, that's the only real problem I had with it. Yeah. And you know, the, the guys that have been critical of the PGA tour that are now on live, I've always felt it's like saying bad things about your parents, you know, I mean, you know, because without the PGA tour, they wouldn't have been with live and they would have not been offered that generational money. That's a great point. And it's one thing that I, one of the biggest things I could never understand um, I completely respect like a guy like Dustin Johnson, who really hasn't said word one about the PGA Tour right. or disliking the PGA Tour or what was wrong with it from his point of view. Um, I never understood the guys who left and just couldn't stop beating up the PGA Tour. Oh. Just didn't. I never quite grasped that. You want to yeah. go because of this general ma- generational money, as you said, go and fine. That's that's more power to you. Yeah. Go ahead. But yeah. uh, just to, to constantly bang on the tour, I just ne- I never understood it. Yeah. What about Monahan's future? Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I was going to say, you know, I've been very, very, very fortunate and very lucky uh, as a caddy on the PGA Tour has provided me with a great life. Um, and as a caddy once said, <laughs> I've done pretty well on 7% over the years. If, if you can't make it on 93%. That's not my problem. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, I don't know about Jay's future. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think it's pure conjecture at this point. I hope he, he sticks around and weathers the storm because, like I said, I do like him and I do respect him a lot. Um, but, boy, this is uh, taking a lot out of him, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we don't even know how he is health-wise, but um, hopefully he's doing better. But, um, you know, ho- hopefully he's he's in a position to weather the storm and to, to talk through these things right. um, with, with the players. One more question, yes or no. Is Norman going to be around? Uh, if I had to bet everything, I would say no. Got it. Okay. Thank you, John. Appreciate it very much for being with us. Always Rich, a pleasure. Rich, I got to say one more thing. Yeah. I, I'd be uh, neglecting my duties if I didn't say I am so excited next week. I'm working the Women's U.S. Open for the first time ever oh, at cool. Pebble Beach. Oh, awesome. Which I think is going to be one of the most incredible events uh, for the women to play there. Um, I just can't wait. And even if you don't normally watch LPGA golf, I think this is one you want to tune in for. Pebble Beach is just so iconic that uh, How take cool. a look. How cool. John, thank you for being yep. with us, man. Bless. Thanks, Have a Chris. good day. All right. Okay, buddy. Bye. Thank you for being with us on the Back Nine Boys. Check us out at backnineboys.com or on my Facebook page and check out Back Nine Boys Golf Show. To the Back Nine Boys Golf Show with Rich Styles. Go to backnineboys.com for all things golf whenever you want it. We'll be back next week with an all new Back Nine Boys at backnineboys.com.